you're worthy Lord in spite of what we may be going through we still say you're worthy to be praised 
We bless your holy name. We lift you up. We magnify you. We glorify you. Now, Lord, here we are. Gathered in your presence. Speak. Yes, Lord. To me. Speak through me. Speak for me. Anoint me afresh that I may speak. I pray, Lord, that you would make me sensitive to the direction of your spirit. I pray now, Lord, that as your word is going forth, that you would sweep this room with the power and with the anointing of your Holy Spirit. I pray that yokes will be destroyed and that burdens will be lifted. Shackles will fall off. I thank you, God, for what you have already done. And we wait with great anticipation on what you're going to do in just a little while. We give you all glory, honor, and praise in advance for what it is that you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Every heart agree by saying amen. Come on and give the Lord another praise if you will. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Today I want to call your attention to the book of 1 John. 1 John. First John chapter four. 1 John chapter four. We'll begin reading at verse seven. After you find first John chapter four. Verse 7, those of you who are able, we ask that you stand in reverence to the reading of the word of God. First John chapter 4, beginning at verse 7, I'll read a few, some of the following verses. But beginning at verse 7, you'll find these words. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This message God put in my heart for this morning, and, and, and I want to title this message, Let Love Abide. Let Love Abide. 
I want you to turn it to you to somebody close to you and tell them, say, let love abide. My brothers and sisters, I want to say to you that there is no greater thing than love. And I have discovered that hate is real powerful. But how many know that love is stronger than hate? I want to say to you that in this book of First John, it deals with at least three things about God. John in his writing deals with the fact that God is light. He writes about the fact that God is love. And he also writes about the fact that God is life. At the time that John penned this particular book, John is enjoying a delightful fellowship with God and, 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 and he begins to write about God being a God of light, love and life and, and he desperately, John, amen, uh, the ones who were following him or he, that he was dealing with, he wanted his spiritual children to enjoy the same fellowship that he himself experienced with God. He, he tells them that God is light and, it, and, and, and because of the fact that God is light, my brothers and sisters, therefore to engage in fellowship with God, amen, we too must walk in the light and not be in darkness. I want you to understand that as we walk in the light, we will regularly confess our sin. In other words, we won't be walking around like we're all of that and like we have no sin and we haven't done anything wrong since we've been saved. How many can confess that I, you hadn't done all of your wrong before you got saved, but is there anybody that's real enough to admit that you've made some mistakes after you confess hope in Jesus Christ? Amen. How many know nobody in here has reached the place of perfection? And everybody in this sanctuary, I don't care what your title is, what your position is, how long you've been a member of the church, it does not matter. Everybody is still a work in progress. Hmm? Everybody is still nothing but a work in progress that's why one cannot talk about the other one and one cannot look down on the other one because all of us are still trying our best to make it in John wrote to to his disciples and he let them know that if they walk in the light of God that they will confess their sins and allow the blood of Jesus Christ to continually cleanse <laughs> see some people want to give this uh, 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 impression that that once you come to Christ that everything in your life is cleaned up all at once how many know God can do that? He can do that. But I don't know nobody it happened with yet. And if you know somebody, let me see you after service. I want to get that person's name. Because how many know that God gradually cleanses us? Amen. And he gradually brings us out of things. Can you imagine how arrogant and how uppity we would show enough be if God just took everything away from us at one time? But how many know that sometimes God will let you continue to struggle with some stuff even after you get saved? 
Are y'all praying with me this morning? Somebody said, give me, give, me, give me some scripture on that. Don't you remember a man by the name of Paul who was Saul before he got converted on the road to Damascus? After he got saved, after he surrendered his life to God, after he said, Lord, I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do. That was the time he had to go to God and say, Lord, there's a thorn in my flesh. And not only did he go to God one time, but he went to God several times. And by the time he went the third time, God tells him, I'm not going to move the thorn. He said, if I move that thorn, Paul, you're going to get beside yourself. You're going to think you more than other folks. But how many know sometime before you can be an effective minister, amen, you got to be able to identify with other folks. If you can't, amen, if you have never walked in their shoes, amen, you don't know how to deal with folks. You don't know how to have compassion. So sometimes God says, I'm going to let you keep struggling with some stuff because that's going to help keep you humble. <laughs> and instead of preaching at folks, you'll preach to them because you have to consider yourself. Oh, I wish I had a praying church. I could go on and move here. Amen. How many know that sometimes God will let you struggle with some stuff? Because he said the struggle helped keep you humble. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you come across that drunk on the street, rather than you being so down on them, amen, amen, you'll have to take time and consider you may not be a drunk, but you got another issue going on in your life. And so God will allow us, amen, to, 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 to struggle through some stuff. Because through the struggle, amen, he allows us to be strengthened to do his will. John wrote to them and he tells them, the fellow believers said, walk in the light of God. And he encourages them to love each other. He said unto them that God himself is love. And since we are his children, we ought to walk in his love. Hmm? He tells them, look at here, he says, beloved, in verse 7, let us love one another. Now you would think this is something he wouldn't have to tell church folk. You would think he wouldn't have had to write about this issue of love. But he tells them, beloved, let us love one another. The fact that John wrote to the church about love, amen, is an indication that there had to be a lack of it. And just like it was a problem in the time that John penned this letter to the church, amen, how many know that's still a problem going on in this present age? It's a problem going on, amen, throughout the church where there is a lack of love. You have some preachers, amen, who are not preaching out of the love that they have for the souls of the people, but they're only preaching for the mighty dollar. That's the kind I call jellyback. In other words, they'll tell you what they, what they figure you want to hear rather than what you need to hear. There is a lack, I tell you, of love in the church. 
It amazes me how folk can sing in the same choir, precious Lord, take my hand. And they have certain folk singing in the same choir they won't even shake hands with after the service is over. I'm going to preach if you don't say much this morning. I, 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 I can't figure it out. I can't understand it to save my life. Now, how you want God to take your hand <laughs> and you won't even take your neighbor's hand? Sometimes you can have prayer and you said, take, uh, take, take your neighbor by the hand, hold your neighbor's hand. Some folk won't even take us. But how many know that if we can, if love is to be found anywhere, it ought to be found in God's house. There ought to be some love, amen, in the church, in the house of God, amongst the fellow believers and the fellow saints, amen. You cannot say that you've been born again. And have hate in your heart. I just find it hard to believe. So evidently it was a problem. It was a love problem. That caused John to address it. He says to those uh, spiritual children of his. He said let us love one another. For love is of who? Love is of God. And everyone, look at what he said. Everyone that loveth is born of God. That means everyone that has love is born again. See, 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 that's what it means to be born of God because, see, the first time all of us when we were born, we were born of a woman. Or born of the flesh. Born of man. But, when, but what he means by being born of God, that means the new birth. Meaning that you've been born again. So he said, anybody that has been born again has the love of God in their heart. He said, look, in verse 7, everyone that loveth is born of God, and look, and knoweth God. I used to couldn't understand as a little boy, folk would get up, Shout and dance, quote the scriptures. And then you see them outside of church, they'd be so hateful. And some of them weren't just hateful outside the church, some of them were hateful in the church. Now we'll forget my daddy was pastoring this church and these two little ladies, they, they, but, but they stayed at it. Stayed at each other and, 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 and they decided to have dinner that Sunday. We didn't have a hospitality committee and all that like we have today. You know, that was in the days when folks used to cook a cake and this one bring chicken and this one bring potato salad and that and they make a, 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 a feast. And so they brought the food and these little ladies were back there uh, helping out with it. And you know how some folk want to know who cooked what. Do they do that here? Yeah. 
So one of the little ladies were walking around and she was walking around, everybody's food was on the table and people that said they'd bring cakes and pies and different stuff and she walking around and said, who, who, who cooked this and, 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 and who cooked that? And, and so she got down to something that was sitting beside her and they said, uh, she said, well, who fixed this right here? And they said, well, well, Miss Sonson and so fixed that. Who set her food side of mine? And she went off. Simply because the woman that she didn't like, her food, her dish was sitting next to hers. She was so hateful in her heart, she picked that food up and threw it out the back door. This is a true story now. I ain't making this up, tell your neighbor, he ain't making this up now. She picked that woman's food up and threw it out the back door. If that ain't hateful. But that was an indication of the level of hate that was in her heart toward that other woman. And if you are born again, truly born again, you're going to have God's love down on the inside. And how many know when you got God's love, God's love, amen, it, it's just certain things his love won't even let you do. When you got God's love down on the inside, regardless to how hateful and mean people are to you, and as bad and as much as you want to get even with them sometimes, the love of God won't even let you get down on their level. Do I have a witness here? How many know that the love of God won't let you get down on the enemy's level? Jesus proved it when they were crucifying him. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. How was he able to do it? Because of the love that he had. The love of God. I heard some folks say, the initial sign, the initial sign that you have received the Holy Spirit and that you've been born again is that, is that you'll speak in tongues and you, and you they, 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 they've named a lot of different stuff. Your dress would change and, 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 and all of that. But you know what? I, I, I'm a firm believer that the initial sign is that one of the greatest signs to look for is that that person will operate in God's love. Because I know a whole lot of folk that speak in tongues. He coming on a Honda. Who ate my potato salad? All, all kind of stuff and folks speak in tongues and I've seen some amen some of them be some of the low down as folk speaking in one tongue in church and get outside and boy they can curse you cuss like a sailor anybody know what I'm talking about all of them don't do that now I'm just talking about the ones that I've come in contact with that do Some folk know how to dress. Some folk know how to, you know, church etiquette. They, they just know it. They just know when to get up. First giving honor to God who's the head of my life. And God may not even be the head of their life. But they just know to say that because that's church etiquette. But the indicator that a person has been born of God is that they will love and not just love folks who love them. But they will love their enemies. They will do good to them that despitefully use you. Amen. How many know that's the evidence of one that has been born again? That's evidence to prove when a person has God's love in their heart, they ain't going to be walking around all hateful. 
hateful. He said, look, John, John, John says to them, he said, everyone that loveth is born of God, number one, and number two, they know God. They know God. Look, he says, he that loveth not don't even know God. Let me, let, let me say this. There is a difference in knowing about God and actually knowing God. There's a difference. You can know about God and not really know God. Let me make it a little bit more practical. You can know about an individual and not really know that individual. Hmm? Are y'all with me? Just like a lot of folk, you know. Miami Heat. A lot of folk know LeBron James. Know about him in so many words. But they, they don't really know. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Because, see, when you know somebody, that means that you have a relationship. In other words, you, 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 you know them on another level. You, you, you know them, amen, not just from a distance, but you know them more up close and personal. And so to know about God, you can know that, 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 that means that you know about him from a distance. But, but when you really come to know him, it's, it is then that you begin, amen, to get personal. Get personal with him. That's how you come to know him. You got to spend time with him in his word, in prayer. Meditation. That's how you get to get to know him. Listen, it says in this in verse nine was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Meaning that everybody was in bad shape. Everybody had fallen short of God's glory. Everybody had sinned against God. And the wages of our sin was death. But God gave us a gift. And that gift was his only begotten son. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God knew that the only way that man's sins could be remissed was through the shed blood of his only begotten Son. Listen, he says to the church, In this was manifested the love of God, in other words, it was revealed, the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Suggesting or saying that had God not sent Jesus into the world, we would have died. An eternal death. He says herein is love. Look at here. In verse 10, not that we love God. So in other words, it let us know we have nothing to brag about. We have nothing to boast about because John reminds the church it was not that we loved God so much. 
All of us in here have a B.C. era of our life before Christ. Amen. And nobody can really take the credit for salvation because how many know that our salvation is of the Lord? Our salvation is not of ourselves. Somebody, I heard them say, they used to sing the song, I decided to make Jesus my choice. Well, last time I read my Bible, Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Amen. In other words, amen, Jesus agreed, amen, John agreed with what Jesus said when he said, it's not that we loved God. But it's because God loved us and he chose us. Chose to call us out of darkness into the marvelous light. He chose. Oh yeah, I don't want to get too personal, but, but somebody can be a witness. Somebody can say he chose to deliver me off of drugs. How many know you couldn't have got off those drugs on your own? It was because God had chosen you. And because he chose you, amen, he decided to bring you, to take the drugs taste out of your mouth. He chose us, amen, in, even in our mess. Even in our mess, he chose us. While we were yet doing our own thing, doing our own business, the Lord decided to choose us. See now, see now, one thing I like about God is that in his choosing, amen, he does not wait until we so-called get ourselves together. Because he understands that we cannot get ourselves together. Amen. He understands that, amen, it's going to take him stepping into our life and into our mess and situation and pulling us out. Amen. Sometimes, how many people would, 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 would uh, I have to think, how many people would actually choose somebody? They were looking for a wife or a husband. How many would actually go and choose somebody? That look all beat up. All raggedy. And dirty. Bad hygiene. How many would actually choose somebody like that? It may be some. But I can guarantee you it's very few. If any. As a matter of fact, somebody can remember, amen, even in high school, you know, you know how sometimes uh, some people may not, may not look the best in their early life, physically. And then some of the same folk that you wanted to get with then, they, they, they wouldn't even look at you. But oh, as, after you matured and after you got older, amen, your looks got better. Then they mess around and see them, hey, is that you? Let me holler at you. Oh, when all along they were passing you by. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes folks want to wait until you arrive and then they want you. But oh, thanks be unto God. Even before we arrived, the Lord said, I want you. I choose you. God said, I'm not looking at what you are, but I'm looking at what you can become. I'm not looking at your present. I'm looking on down the road, and I see your future. Thank God. Thank God for, for, for loving us enough while we were yet sinners. Ain't that what the book said? The book said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Who was ungodly? Everybody. None righteous. No, not one. 
He says, as I go to my clothes here, he says, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. In other words, he sent Jesus, amen, to go our bond, so to speak. To bail us out of our sinfulness. We were slaves to sin, prisoners to sin. But the Bible said that Jesus came to be the propitiation for all of our sins. And he said unto the church, beloved, if God so loved us, now, now, now before I go to my hoop here now, uh, uh, what he's saying here, if God loved you or loved us while we were in our mess, <laughs> God loved us while we were hateful and mean and low down dirty as we want to be if God loved us in our mess he said beloved we ought to love one another in other words he said if God could love us Why is it that we can't love one another? Are we better than God? Are we more holy than God? If God could love us in spite of, why can't we love each other? Why is it that we have to get on the phone and talk about one another? And sometimes we don't wait to church over. We be sitting there texting. Hmm? Why, 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 why can't we all be on one accord? Why, 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 why is it? that we have to have clicks. Why is it that we have to bad mouth one another? Why is it that we have to bite, backbite on one another and ditch dig on one another? You know what I believe? Certain things just ought not be named among church folk. Not among God folk. Certain things we ought to not be doing because how many know we ought to be the example for the world? But how can we be a good example, amen, if we are talking about one another and, and backbiting on one another and doing all kind of stuff against one another? How many know that God is expecting better from us? Tell your neighbor God expects better from us. He expects better from us. Amen. He don't want us hating on one another, but his desire is that we love one another because he told his disciples when they would murmur among themselves, he told his disciples, he said, people are not going to know that you are a follower of Christ by how much you shout or how much you dance or how much you speak in tongues or how good you can preach or how good you can sing or how good you can pray. He said, people are going to know that you are a follower of Christ by how you love one another. They are going to judge you by how you love one another. Everybody that's a member of Greater Union, nobody else should be able to come to you and talk about one of your fellow brothers or sisters in Christ. That stuff ought not to be.
How is somebody going to come talk to you about some one of your brothers and sisters and you joining in? Yeah, child. That stuff ought not to be. God is expecting us to love one another. We may not agree on everything, but that ought to not mess with how we love one another. Love. And the kind of love that God is expecting us to have is that in spite of love. In spite of, in spite of having differences, in spite of not agreeing on everything, we just still be able to love one another. He said, beloved, if God loved us, then we ought to also love one another. Have I got a witness? Yeah, then I want you to understand that the world will know that we're Christian by our love. Have I got a witness? And I come to tell you that if we want to make it into the kingdom of God, we got to love one another. Have I got a witness? If we want to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant, we got to learn how to love one another. Have I got a witness? Yeah, we got to learn how to be like Jesus. When folks do us wrong, instead of hating on them, instead of holding a grudge, we got to learn how to put it in God's hand. We've got to learn to say, Father, forgive them for what they're doing to me. Have I got a witness? Is there anybody here know that love is stronger than hate? Have I got a witness? No wonder the Lord said, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. You can't do that except you have God's love down in your heart. Is there anybody here can say, Lord, I want your heart. Say, Lord, I want to love like you told me to love. But Lord, I can't do it on my own. But your word said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Have I got a witness? Say it. Say it. Yes. Yes. We got to have love like Jesus did when they hung him high and they stretched him wide. He hung them when they tried to get him to come down. Somebody here can agree with me and say it wasn't, it was not the nails that held him to the cross and shake somebody's hand and say name him it was not the nails that held Jesus on the cross he could have come down but is it anybody here no love held him down I heard him said if I wanted to I would come down but I got a word 
blood of lost sinners that's counting on me. Have I got a witness? He stayed down when they wanted him to come down. I heard him saying, I got Michael. I got Abraham. I got Isaac. I got Sarah. I got Vicky. I got all the whole world depending on me. I heard him say, I ain't gonna come down. I'm gonna stay right here. He stayed down on the cross because he loved us. Shake somebody's hand and say, neighbor, I love the Lord because he first loved a wretch like me. I was a wretch undone, but he loved me. I was hateful, but he loved me. I was a backbiter, but he loved me. I was a drunkard, but he loved me. I was a homonger, but he loved me. He hung there till he died. They put him down in a borrowed grave, but early, early, early Sunday morning, he got up. Anybody know he did? He got up. He said, all power, all power, all power is in my hand. Grave, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? I got all power. All power is in my hand. Say it. Say it. Yes. He loved us. He loved us. Anybody glad he loved us? If he, if he had not loved us, we would have been doomed. If he had not loved us, we would have been in hell and burning already. But somebody shout, thank you, Jesus, for loving me in spite of me. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me in spite of me. Tell somebody, say, neighbor, I love you with the love of God I love you I love you I love you you may not love me but I'm gonna love you tell them it ain't a thing you can do about it I love because the Lord loved me oh yeah ah, ah, yeah Yes, he loved me. He loved me. He loved me. He loved me. When I was running from him, he was running toward me. Have I got a witness? He loved me enough to run me down. Somebody say, yeah. Is it anybody been ran down by the Lord? Anybody can say, I was running from him, but I couldn't outrun him. He kept on running. He kept on pursuing me when I was running from him. And I thank God because he loved me. I can say today I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled five baptized and because I love him I won't let nothing separate me from the love of God folks can talk about me but it can't separate me lie on me can't separate me call me out of my name can't separate me i love him too much he brought me from a mighty long way and i thank him anybody thank him say yes 
Say yes. Say yeah. If it had not been for the Lord on my side. If he loved us. If he loved us. If all of us would just reflect back on what we used to be. And a lot of us know we had some terrible past. And out of all that we've done, out of all that we were doing, the Lord yet loved us. See, in one verse of scripture, Jesus said, he that hath been forgiven much ought to love much. And somebody can say, I did a whole lot of stuff. The Lord done forgave me of a, he, he have, tell your neighbor, he forgave me of much. He forgave me of much, a whole lot. Some of us had over 10 truckloads of stuff that That he, that he done forgave us for. And if he loved us in the manner in which he did, we should be able to love one another. Because it is through Jesus that we have forgiveness of our sin only through Jesus because the blood of goats and rams and bulls that, that wasn't good enough anymore because people would just have, had come to a place where they were just taking that for granted they said well I'll sin all I got to do I'm going to do this what I want to do I'm going to commit this sin all I got to do is find me a good old lamb a good, a good bull without spot or blemish and then just take them and sacrifice and that'll be done with. But God got tired. See, because even though they would take those sacrifices, the bulls and the goats and the rams and all that, there was no real salvation in that blood, in the blood of those lambs and bulls and goats. There was no deliverance. Because people, the same folks, sacrifice, they end up, end up having to come back over and over again. So God said, I'm going to send a real lamb, the lamb of God, into the world and, 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 and shed his blood. And, and how many know when you really get under that blood, that blood will change your heart from an evil heart to a God heart. That blood of Jesus would change your mind. Change your ways. Change everything about you. The shed blood of Jesus. And it is through his shed blood the Bible said that we have remission for our sin. We have forgiveness. When Jesus came, I want you to understand that when God made, his, made up his mind to send Jesus, God had already, in so many words, forgiven man. Because he says, okay, I'm going to send Jesus. God had made the way for man to be delivered to be saved, to be redeemed, to be reconciled back to God. It all came through Jesus. He forgave. And if we have the love of God in our hearts, 
we can forgive. We can forgive. Now this is going to be up to you today. I'm getting ready to open the doors of the church, but before I do, 